0: not take investment risk, but save money if you have any near-term purchases coming. If you have, uh, let's say you're about to buy a house, let's say you are planning a wedding, these kind of things, and it's coming, let's say, within the next two years, then you do not want to take a significant amount of investment risk with that money. In fact, you may not want to take any investment risk with this money.
1: Hello, welcome to Woke Finance, the podcast discussing all things finance and all things finance related. It's your boy, Peter, and I'm with my co-host, my bro, Jax. How are you, man?
0: Hey, Peter. I'm so very well, so very good. Again, um, I have moved homes and I'm settling in very comfortably. Today was my first time actually starting full work from home in my new home, and I must say it was a brilliant experience. Um, Man, yeah, Just being in my own office, pure quiet. Um, yeah I'm really enjoying it.
1: Loving it man, loving the progress, loving the fact that you get to do some work in peace my mate, long continue. Um, A massive warm welcome to all of our supporters Um, and a special one today as you may or may not know, um, Woke Finance our social enterprise so what that means is that the work that we do and the funds that we raise goes back into the into the community, and uh, by community we mean young people um, from underserved communities that we deliver personal financing guidance to. And um, in order to raise funds, we of course raise funds via different um, ways. But as a result of your support predominantly from a, um, a finance perspective we've been able to do a few things this year which we'll talk over as the year goes by and um, but one of the things we was able to do is invest in some podcast equipment so we actually just testing these out today so if, if if you do hear a difference or a difference in sound or quality or even if it's reduced let us know because we're still in testing phase but yeah jacks it's exciting
0: very exciting and I'm, I'm still trying to uh, adjust my sound um <laughs> yeah this mic picks up almost everything even when i breathe it picks up so <laughs> it's very exciting sounds so brilliant and i hope um, our listeners can hear the sound quality and really enjoy a quality service that we provide
1: absolutely and if not do you bear with us man we'll fix it in due time but um just a big shout out to all of our listeners keep doing what you are doing supporting liking, subscribing um, and commenting and um, this episode today um we we'll probably just take everyone back maybe this time 12 months ago where Jackson and I done an episode on getting your finances ready for 2021. Um a whole year's gone since then. That was episode 23, if I remember correctly. Um a whole year's gone. But we at the time did say every year we want to do something like this. So this is gonna be one of those Nice long in depth episode. So, wherever you are, kick back, relax, and just listen in. Um, and hopefully, you can uh, resonate and get something from the conversation that Jackson and I are going to have. And probably, most importantly, implement anything you hear and share it with others that you think this might be beneficial to. So, um, Jacks, I guess just to take our minds back to across sort of 2021 you know and um, from a finance finance perspective we are we are of course still in the pandemic and we're of course still going through um a financial uh, crisis or d- the aftermath of it so to speak um last year we saw you know increase in interest rates um inflation um at the highest that uh, a uh, Probably in our generation, sort of like in adult years, we've seen it. You can correct me if I'm wrong. We've seen an increase in um utility bills or so energy bills as well. This is in um not just the UK, but in several parts of the world, um Jack. So first of all, um, it would be good to talk a bit more about, you know, I mentioned words like inflation, interest rates, just maybe a little reminder of what those things actually are and why I want to know from you, Jacks. Looking into 2022, what are some of the main challenges ahead for us when it comes to finances? Yeah, so,
0: I mean, you raised uh, a very good point about um, inflation and interest rates being something that we experienced, um, especially uh, last year, 2021. And essentially, um, just going back, we do have an episode purely talking about inflation. So do check it out. Um, Peter, you can let them know what actual episode that is. But yeah, so inflation is a measure of the price levels of goods and services in an economy. Simply put, it measures um, the prices of things, Uh, goods, things that we buy and the services that we use. Usually the prices of these things tend to go up over time. And then that's what we call inflation. Interest rates are obviously quite easier to understand because you, you you probably earn some interest in your money in a bank account. But essentially, the reason why we tend to experience rises in interest rates is usually a way to combat the rise in inflation. So the central bank who actually do have a target of keeping inflation at a sustainable level which is usually between two and three percent, the first le- the first kind of uh, line of defense to you know cool down an economy when it's over inflating is to increase interest rates. So we, when we do have increases in inflation and increases in interest rates it's important to understand what this implies for our personal finances.
1: Oh, absolutely. That was fantastic. Thank you for that, Jax. And the episode that some of our listeners may be interested in listening to is episode 44 and 45, where it is on understanding the real meaning of inflation. So we go into a bit more detail um, about the link between um, inflation interest rates and what that actually means for the uh, economy and why it may not always be a bad thing as well. So we do go into a bit of detail um, on that. So Jax, I've you know, given um, a bit of context to the current state, so to speak, and you've just expanded on it, which is fantastic. Um, Realistically, when you think of this year ahead, what are the main challenges ahead for us um, when we when we speak about some of those things and how may this actually impact our finances?
0: So let's go back to um, inflation and interest rates. Now, in 2021, we did um, have a huge debate, you know, whether we're talking about in the professional finance world or anyone that listens to the news, you probably heard, especially in America, the Fed talking about Yes, we knew we were going to experience some inflation, but they kept on using the word uh, transitory, basically saying that inflation was not going to last. It was going to come, but very quickly go back down. So um, that was interesting. Many people didn't um, actually ex, you know, expect it to remain. So some people did believe that it was going to be transitory and some people you know, thought that it was going to last longer. So the kind of um, challenge that I think we faced is whether that's going to be the case going into 2022 is inflation going to be transitory or is it going to be longer lasting? Now, remember what inflation actually is, is the rise of prices and goods and services. Um, and there's different types of inflation. So you've got even asset inflation, You know, the prices of property going up, the prices of assets going up and that kind of stuff. But What I would say is really important is to understand that when things are going up, it means the value of your money is going down. It means the money that you had last year and the year before and the years before that cannot buy the same things that it used to. What this means is, if you're trying to build wealth, for example, by just saving your money every single day, and that's the way you plan to build wealth, that money is actually losing value every single day. And so that is one of the challenges that we face. Even if you're not trying to build wealth, one of the things about inflation is it does affect the lower income people, because their money can't stretch as far as it used to, basically. And what you find is that people at the lower end, so the people in the lower income brackets, Um, they tend to not invest. They tend to not invest to earn a return that actually equates at least equals to inflation, which even just preserves the value of their money. So I think one of the biggest challenges, especially for people, especially for my community who tend to be in the lower income class or the middle class, is actually keeping the value of our money and being able to afford things. Things are becoming more and more expensive. So this can also affect our budgets. So it's very important to understand the impacts of inflation.
1: Wow. Um, we've just set ourselves up for a very interesting episode now. I mean, keeping uh, the value um, and really holding on to the value of our uh, finances. So essentially it doesn't erode um, over time as well. I mean, we've seen figures such as 5% when it comes to inflation, which Jats, do you correct me if I'm wrong, but I've not seen that number in like my adult years.
0: No, no, no. We've gone through some experiences back in the days, not in our adult years, but yeah, we've, we've, we've seen moments of high inflation that don't last too long. But 5% uh, inflation is, is quite, um, especially over the past decade, since the financial crisis of 2008, um, interest rates have been really, really low. And, um, you know, inflation has been pretty low between the 2 and 3% as well. Mm. So, um, yeah, this is the first time, you know, we've seen inflation at this rate, which, you know, you mentioned in one of the episodes we talk about some of the benefits of inflation mm. when you have a tiny bit of inflation it's usually a good sign that the economy is growing so at two three percent of inflation is actually pretty decent but when it becomes um, uncontrollable um, that's when it becomes a bit scary because it affects everybody's
1: finances absolutely um thank you for that uh jacks um i guess what we are going to do before we go r- right into it um Building on some of that context in terms of, okay, so what? So, what about our finance? Um, What do you feel are some of the opportunities um, for 2022?
0: Um, So, that's a brilliant topic to talk about. There's so many opportunities, and there are always opportunities. And we could talk about opportunities when it comes to investing. Now, I must mention that inflation and um, consequentially, if that's even a word, that is a word consequently (laughs) inflation and the response of higher interest rates is usually not a good sign for financial markets, especially the stock market, because what you find is that the opportunity cost of investing in risky assets become higher. What that means is, you know, why would we want to uh, take additional risk if we can save money in a bank account and higher interest for free, right? Without taking no risk. So, What you tend to find is when we have a higher interest um, economic environment um, and a high inflation environment, stocks tend to not do that well in that period of time. And when we have the opposite, so low interest or low inflation, that's usually um, a great thing for the stock market, which is one of the main reasons why we've experienced such a crazy bull market since the financial crisis of 2008. So in terms of opportunities, um, where I'm seeing opportunities right now is when we look at um, stocks um, and I look at some of the things that have been happening within the markets over the past year, what I can see is that growth stocks, or should I say the high valuation stocks, the smaller caps type of stocks, they've been hit pretty hard, pretty, pretty hard. For those that follow, uh, for example, Kathy Woods ARK Invest, if you look at the returns over the past uh, 52 weeks, is at all time lows compared to um, where it was before. And so, whilst this may um, be quite alarming to many people that you know powered into these high growth, somewhat speculative companies um, in 2020, which is a year that they did very well, those people that came on later are really struggling right now, or they're panicking because their stocks have come down tremendously. For us long-term investors, that presents an opportunity. That presents an opportunity because now, the companies that, in my humble opinion, were overvalued, significantly overvalued in 2021, going into 2021, they seem to be at better values right now, or they seem to be at discounts right now. And I think that presents an opportunity for people that have the ability and willingness to take risk and they have a long-term horizon to start picking up shares Some of the amazing companies that they believe in for a long time that is one of the best opportunities that I see in 2022.
1: I love that, man. I love that. So, depending on what type of investor someone is, one could be almost in um panic mode or worried mode about their current portfolio or. On the other side, one could be super excited and it's almost like you're in a shopping mall where everything is an outlet and on a discount and you're just wondering, what should I buy? Should I buy a bit of this? Should I buy a bit of that?
0: That's exactly it. Um, But what's really important to note is just because a stock price comes down doesn't necessarily mean it's at a discount. Mm -hmm. So even though some of these companies have come down, I think it's very important for uh, investors to still remain... um, humble and and patient, and to really, really assess uh, a company before actually buying it. Um, We do not want to go gambling um, in the stock market and taking crazy speculative positions because we think things have come down and the only way is back up. Uh, Remember, Yeah, remember the the stock market does whatever it wants to do in the short term, but in the long term, it's a company's ability to produce earnings and profits and cash flow that determines the stock price. In the short term, anything can determine it, especially the macroeconomic environment.
1: Mm, Absolutely. And I think one of the key things you've been saying and you usually touch on in terms of um, some of our episodes is valuations, Um, particularly when valuations are being quite high. um, For some companies, uh, they're getting undervalued and some are just where they technically should be. So it's really about so important you understand um, the approach that you're taking, and you're so right. Um, don't feed on that gambling habit or mentality. Addiction. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool. Now, thank you so much for that, Jazz. That's really useful. and um, Really interesting to understand a bit more about some of the opportunities for 2022. Um, I guess what is going to be really good for this episode is, you know, for us to take a deep dive, how can one depending on wherever they are, sorry, on their journey, their personal finance journey. So whether someone is, um, you know, in in some debt, consumer debt, or someone is, they've just purchased their first property, for example, wherever that person is on that line or on that journey, we're going to take a deep dive pretty much from the get-go, from the beginning, and walk, take a walk right up until almost the end of that journey to when someone can say they are, uh financially independent so to speak um how does that sound jacks
0: yeah that sounds amazing i think this is going to be one of those episodes that gets a lot of traction a lot of listeners because we do go into some deep deep um, conversations um things that people tend to pay for even and i
1: think yeah i'm really excited to share some value today absolutely fantastic jack so let's start from the beginning man um you know um, and the beginning can be from anything right we can take um, a young me maybe 10 years ago so young Peter um, who's maybe finished university starting out my first bit of uh, my my first job um, in my career and from university I'll be like any other young person right and by the time you're 18 you get access to Different forms of credit, whether it's credit cards, and um, for me, it would have been student overdraft, which I think it still goes on now. University students will know much more about that, but you'd have like student overdraft, right? Which I think in my time, Jacks, I can't remember if you, I don't know if you remember. I think we had like an overdraft, interest-free overdraft, like maybe fifteen hundred pounds or something like that. Yeah, um, I think it was about 000, um, a thousand pounds. A thousand pounds. Yeah, yeah, thousand pounds for a young person at that age it's a significant uh, bit of money particularly when you've only ever done like part time jobs and stuff like that so um coming out of uni just like many other people with a bit of debt um and then what happens after uh, um you finish uni that um student loan overdraft, it turns into what I think they call a graduate overdraft. So basically it no longer is interest free. So you now start paying <laughs> interest on that debt. But that's just an example. Many people that age group might have a bit of credit card debt, et cetera. But this younger me, I'm, um, you know, I recognize that I want to do something in my life in the next 10 to 20 years. Um and that's something in my life involves spending money. But to spend money, you obviously need to build it um, up. And I want to buy some things. So I want to have some assets, all of that stuff in the next few years. Let's start from the beginning, Jax, where I've just given that example from a, and you don't have to be young, you could be at any stage like this, but generally from that stage of having a bit of debt, let's walk through from being a few thousand pounds in debt to all the way to financial independence. So from that get go, Jax, what are we saying?
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, first and foremost, um, what I would like to say is um, budgeting is at the heart of all financial planning. And so in terms of doing anything, um, whether, whether you've just finished university, whether you're already uh, very immersed in your career, whether you are about to retire, budgeting is at the heart of financial planning and that's the thing that we need to do first so first and foremost you need to sit down and actually put down a budget and a budget essentially looks at your incomings and your outgoings in fact if you are someone who's listening to this podcast again no matter where you are in your personal finance journey i want you to write down these four things because these four things are important number one is your income Number two is your expenses. So essentially, what's coming in and what's going out. It's simple. And the next three, or the next two, sorry, number three is your assets and your liabilities. So I'm going to repeat that one more time your income, your expenditure, your assets, and your liabilities, because it's these things that are going to be at the forefront of your personal finance journey as you move on. So, what a person wants to do, or anyone, using the example that Peter has used, the person who's just finished university, what you want to do is really assess how much money is coming in, how much money is going out. And even before that, you want to assess where you are. So what is the starting point? What is your starting point? Do you have a lot of debt? Consumer debt, for example, Peter mentioned credit card debt, overdrafts. If you do, note it down, right? If you have any um, money coming in from parents and that kind of stuff, note it down. But essentially, you need to actually understand where you actually are. Once you do that, you get into your budget, you see how much money you're earning, whether it's from, let's say, a graduate scheme, or whether you're working part-time, or whether you've just got you know a full-time job um, after university, may not even be in the field that you want to do long-term, but you're still earning an income, you need to really sit down and see how much inflows you have into your bank account, and then look at how much money you're spending. Ultimately, you want to make sure that amount of money that's coming in exceeds the amount of money going out. And of course, that more money that's coming in and the less that's going out, that leaves you with a residual amount. That leaves you with money that can be saved. That leaves you with money that can be used to do other things. The first thing that person wants to do is use that money to potentially attack the debt. Why? Because debt is one of those things that really, really reduces your ability to build wealth. Now, you've probably heard of good debt and bad debt. I'm talking about debt that comes in the form of consumer debt, debt that comes with high interest. These are the things I'm talking about. You want to attack this as soon as possible. And so you sit down, you budget realistically how much money that you manage to save every month can be used to pay off the debt. And you could try and be as aggressive as you want to be. Realistically, of course. So that's the first thing you want to do. Um, I also want to kind of, Sidetrack here, Peter. And I also want to mention the fact that, especially if you are young and you really understand this formula that I'm showing you, this structure, you will realize that your income is a huge element in building wealth. So I would definitely encourage any young people listening or anyone who's listening to also at this time focus on how they can increase their earnings potential. That could be um, earning through starting a side hustle, which is very popular in our generation, Peter. Or, yeah. or should I say, and career maximization. Mm-hmm. So, you know, getting the most out of your career, trying to climb the ladder is something that many people do, or even, you know, moving from uh, one company to another to increase um, your pay, obviously taking things like professional qualifications, that kind of stuff. You want to be able to really focus on increasing your earnings potential. and That should be at the forefront of your thinking, especially at a young age. So going back to the structure, you want to find ways to increase your income. You want to find ways to reduce your expenses. You use the residual amount to attack your debt. And then once that's done, you use the residual amount, you continue the process. You do not stop this process of earning and reducing your expenses as much as possible and using that residual amount to do something wise. So clearing debt, the next stage, Peter, will be to create what we call an emergency fund. So an emergency fund is basically the cluelessness thing. Essentially, it's uh, money that's stored somewhere that's easily accessible, that can be used only when an emergency takes place. Some people call it the rainy day money. Some people call it a contingency fund. Some people call it a cash reserve. That's what I call it usually. But it's only there to protect you when things go wrong. And this is what gives you the backbone. This is what stops you from going back into debt when something goes wrong. Your car breaks down, something that's basically hard to predict happens. You have money stored somewhere to be used for this purpose. Mm. That's what an emergency fund
1: is. And uh thanks for that, Jax. That's uh really useful and um yeah, very, very helpful so far. And um, just on the budget, you know, why I'm hearing you you've given really great um examples of how to sort of break down the budget. Um, and one thing that I'll definitely f- I'll say that was just useful for me was, and we talk about a lot on bulk finances, just the mindset. Um, number one, being, oh, if you have, you know, debt or anything of the sort, you're not a bad person. It happens being okay with it, being okay where you are on that journey. Um, but the important thing that I've, I found is actually, putting something together a spending plan um which is the budget because what it done for me it allowed me to tell my money where to go rather than me coming to the end of the month and not even understanding where where my money's gone um and i just want to hone in on the point around um uh, your income making sure that it's above your expenses and the importance of really living within your means, or my version, is pretty much acting your wage. Um, one question I do have, Jax, you mentioned the emergency fund, um, which we always describe as, you know, imagine it's raining and you've got an umbrella, you putting your umbrella is you protecting yourself, basically, um, and an emergency is just that, an actual emergency. But one thing I'll say, Jax, is a question for you, do you think someone should focus on putting together an emergency fund before attacking their consumer debt?
0: That is a brilliant question. Um, and what you normally find with personal finances, there's usually not just a straightforward answer. Um, the answer is usually it depends. But um, I'll give you my my opinion. I think it's important to uh put down a plan. You can um, at first I would say, you know, use as much money as possible to pay off the debt, right? And then some an extreme example would say, okay, I'm going to use all my residual amount to pay off the debt. I don't think that's necessarily wise. The reason being, you might have used all this money to pay off debt and then something happens and then you have to take out the debt again, mm. right? So I think you need to understand how to allocate your cash but in the earlier stages, you want to definitely, in my opinion, put the majority of your savings into, um, this, into paying off the debt. But simultaneously, you can be building up your emergency fund as well. I think doing this simultaneously works best, in my opinion.
1: And before we just actually move away from that, actually, just on the debt piece, because you just raised a really good point regarding you know, if someone had savings. Um, yes, it's about allocation, you're right. But just really honing in the importance of paying down that consumer debt. We talk a lot about um, compound interest. Do you want to talk a bit more about how that actually works against people when it comes to consumer debt?
0: Yeah. So compound interest is the eighth one of the world, according to, as um, I said, um, and he also goes on to say, those who understand it, they earn it. And those who don't understand it, they pay for it. Um, and when I, first under, when I first heard that statement, I didn't really get the second part. My um, thought it was just him saying, oh, if you, if you earn it, then it's great. And if you don't, whatever. But actually, if you don't understand combat interest, it can really hurt you. Um, because yes, on the upside, it maximizes your returns. Because interest on interest means your investments, for example, grow exponentially given time and given your ability to contribute towards your investment portfolio. But on the flip side, if you are in debt and you're not able to pay off the debt and you're not you're only paying off small amounts or let's say uh, the minimum payment, well, let's forget the minimum payment for now, but if you're not paying it off, what happens is the interest being charged is then charged on the principal plus interest again. So what happens is the debt gets bigger and bigger and bigger. That's how you, you can explain people that might have started off with £1,000 in debt and in a short space of time, they're £5,000 in debt because they haven't actually attacked the principal debt by actually putting enough money to attack the debt. And so again, it's really important to actually attack the debt. Don't just focus on the minimum payment because the minimum payment doesn't actually reduce the principal. The chances are you are only paying the interest element of the debt. So you want to definitely... Put more in as much as you can, realistically and sensibly, to attack the
1: debt. Brilliant, fantastic. Um, do you just want to end up on the um, emergency fund with uh, someone listening to this? Depending where they are in the world, we can use um, the UK for now. Someone listening to this might be saying, Okay, what's a decent amount? I've paid off, you know, um, I've been working for a couple of years now, I'm in my mid 20s or 30s or whatever you are, right? I've paid off. Pretty much, my debt now. I've been building up my emergency fund. What, what what is supposed to be in my bank to make up the emergency fund? How much?
0: Yeah. So you often hear um, a lot of the financial gurus say, "Hey, you know, put down three to six percent of um, your, you know, your emergency, or basically whatever your expenses are. If you have an expense of one thousand pounds every month, um, whatever this." amount is multiply by three to get three months or multiply by six to get six months or in between and that should be your emergency fund um, some people say not just your expenses some people actually go and say your salary mm. um, which is a bit more so that's that's obviously more subjective um I personally would say you should definitely do an absolute minimum of three months of your expenses But the actual amount is very subjective and down to your unique unique circumstances. Why do I say this? Because everyone's situation is different. And so um, if you are someone, for example, who is uh, married and has found favor upon the Lord, um, then you have a partner who can support you if things obviously went wrong for you. Mm -hmm. So That could mean that you do not necessarily have to save up six months worth of emergencies. You might just do three months. So it's important to really sit down and assess your personal circumstances. I would say though, that you can save as much as you want, whatever makes you feel comfortable. But once you probably start going over a year's worth of your expenses, the chances are you're not becoming someone who's ineffective and inefficient or your money is becoming effective and inefficient. Because what I said earlier was the impact of inflation. It means that money that you're just saving now um, is losing more value. More money, more principal, you know, more money put down, means you're actually losing more money. And so the opportunity cost of actually just saving more towards your emergency fund above a one-year expense is probably too high. You probably want to start putting that money to work.
1: Mm. Yeah, we, we know, anything beyond 12 months, we call it idle money.
0: Precisely. What I would say, though, Peter, which is very, very important for people to knock down, is you should always still save money, not take investment risk, but save money if you have any near-term purchases coming. If you have, uh, let's say you're about to buy a house, let's say you are planning a wedding, these kind of things, and it's coming, let's say within the next two years, then you do not want to take a significant amount of investment risk with that money in fact, you may not want to take any investment risk with this money. So it is important, aside from your emergency fund, you also want to keep some cash for any near-term purchases.
1: Mm. So you, and I think you've moved into that, which is great. So you know, we've paid off that debt, we've built up our emergency fund, which is three to six months um, of our expenses or our salary, however you want to look at it. And then whether it's three months or five months or four months or even beyond six months, depending on your personal, Personal circumstances, like any decision, right? And when it comes to personal finances. And then beyond the emergency fund, so let's say that emergency fund pot is, I don't know, £4,000, you want to start actually building up some savings. And those savings are what you're referring to some of those shorter term purchases. When you say shorter term, what does that mean in terms of length of time?
0: Yeah, um, there's no fixed set time. I normally say, uh, I'll say a year to two years, Mm. um, mainly because the flip side of um, saving is investing. Mm. Um, Obviously, spending is one, but I'm not talking about spending. But (laughs) if you're not saving, you should really be investing. Um, Is the fact that I don't think um, anyone should have a time horizon or an investment time horizon of less than three years. I'll say the standard time horizon for investments, is should be five years, and I think you can come down to a minimum of three years. If you start coming down below two years, then I think um, you are probably taking more risk and the chances of your investment case manifesting is probably quite slim. So that's why I say um, anything below two years, you probably don't want to take uh, investment risk. I'd probably say below three years, if I'm honest.
1: No, absolutely. And we're going to go into a bit more um, detail um, when it comes to investing, right? So, you know, and when it comes to savings, do you have any sort of things that have helped you in terms of like top tips to actually building a healthy savings pot or even? Before that healthy um, emergency fund pot, um, do you have any sort of top tips when you think about your journey? Um, and even if you wasn't in, in, in consumer debt and putting together a budget, what has been the things that's helped you during all of those stages up until building up that savings pot?
0: I think one of the things that you definitely can do, and I help probably most people is to make it as automatic as possible. Mm. um and so when it comes to savings uh, make it non-negotiable that's one of the words that i tend to use um and set it up automatically set up a direct debit for um, you know uh, money to move from one account your current account that you normally get paid into from your employment or business or whatever you know set it up directly um to move money into a savings pot i think that's what helps me taking the emotions out of personal finance is one of the best ways you can move forward And so
1: that's what helps me. No, I love that, Jax. I think one thing, uh, actually two things that actually helped me. One is um, the time at which you're saving. So you you might have heard heard of the, the phrase, pay yourself first. So one thing that I've done pretty much when I started doing it, so this is probably... The, towards the beginning of my career and I've not stopped since um, very first first thing, pretty much one of the first things that is coming out of my account is right back to my savings pot um, or wherever I have uh, money when it comes to assets or investments etc so pay myself first and that in my time when I was building up an emergency fund that's what helped me straight away by the time I got paid within the next working day or the banking day the money's already left my account and gone into my savings part so i almost don't even see it happening but it's happened um and yeah that that's just uh been uh very helpful um for me as well
0: yeah peter one thing that you alluded to that i probably should have gone into more detail and i speak about more mm. and potentially should really take the majority of this uh podcast is the mindset mm. um everything starts in the mind and in the heart um and Most of these things, we're giving you guys kind of the strategy and the technicalities and that kind of stuff. But if your mindset is not in the right place, it's just not going to work. And so for me, actually, what I should have really started with with, before even going to the strategy is asking people to really understand what their why is. What is your why?
1: Mm.
0: You know, why do you want to be financially stable? Why do you want to be financially independent, financially free? Your why is what pushes you every single day. It's why um, Peter will set up an automatic um, payment to pay himself first. Is why I do it, because my why is strong. Um, and that's really important. What is your why? What is your why? Really sit down or look yourself in the mirror and ask yourself, why do I want to be financially independent, financially mm. free, financially stable? Um, for me, it's not even a want, it's a need. And mm. when something goes from being a want to a need, that's how... Um, you're able to make certain things non-negotiable.
1: Mm. And just on those, those two points, actually, once I need, that's something that's been very helpful for me as well. It took me a while, but when it comes to spending... I, I prioritise my needs rather than what I want. Um, and then I also question where are some of those wants coming from? And a lot of the time it's through, it's not from me, it's from some sort of pressure, whether it's peer pressure, advertisement pressure, social media, all of that stuff. Um, And I reduced that significantly in my, in my early years as well. And one final thing that actually was really helpful. I mean, there's so many tips and things that people can do to ensure that they're making the best um of this journey up until this point particularly around savings but one final thing that I did is obviously in my career um I've progressed I've had different jobs etc but whenever I got a salary increase from the very my early first few um jobs um I had that mindset that you speak of Jax and I've always said this is my my expenses right so let's say that figure for example is I don't know 1,500 pounds and my take home pay is 2,000 um, pounds this is my expenses this is my set thing what I spend on obviously every now and then might change but as I have progressed in my career and my income has increased all that meant is that I'm just using that increase in the income to go towards my savings pot. So if I'm getting 2,500, that's an extra £500 that is going towards savings or investments or things that are going to bring a return back to me.
0: Precisely, precisely. Um, and if you're someone like myself who almost falls in love with investing, you know it becomes a thing where you know um, that increase that you get from promotions or developing in your career and that kind of stuff just means you can invest more mm. um and so you know that's that's something that i have done um you know as, as i've progressed in my career and as i've earned more free side hustles etc it just means that i have the ability to put my money to work and grow a bigger portfolio um because my why is, is significant and it is what drives me forward
1: hmm. fantastic okay then man let's get on to um what next man so you know built up a decent savings pot for one or two short-term um, purchases. Um, what next beyond that? Okay, I've got some money in a savings pot. We've spoken about I- inflation um, and stuff like that. But what next, man?
0: Well, you know, you you know, you're paying off your debt. Uh, you've got your emergency funds. You've got savings for some near-term purchases. Um, now your money has to be put to work, Peter. Mm. Um, your money has to start being becoming your employee, your employee. You know, um, you start to push your money out into the into the different places to go and earn you a return. I like the, I, I tend to use that phrase a lot because I love it. I think I first read it in uh, I think it was The Richest Man in Babylon. Yeah, I
1: was going to um, say that. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, and that's 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 how I see it. I think you need to start putting your money to work so your money can earn a return hopefully higher and above inflation. Um, As I said earlier, because what happens is when you continue saving and you try to just save your way to wealth in this current economic climate, which is different from our forefathers who used to earn high interest, we don't earn the same interest. So we can't save our way to wealth. We need to start putting that money to work. And, you know, there are different asset classes which I can go into as to, you know, where can I put my money to work? Where can I... um, you know, allocate my cash to earn the best returns, but not just the best returns in terms of the percentage, but the best returns that suits my objectives and what I'm trying to achieve.
1: Let's do it, man. We, are, we are at that, Thank you for that, Jax. We're at that exciting stage. First of all, congratulate yourself. If you're at that stage where you can actually say, okay, I've got some money to put to work now. Um, Jax, you spoke about some of the asset classes. Um, let's go into a bit more detail about what that looks like.
0: Yeah, so um, five different asset classes. Uh, The first one I'll speak of is equities.